Welcome to the Player Development Pod, presented by Beyond the Field. There are a lot of new college football head coach hires, and some of you all may be wondering or thinking, who do they hire after they get the job? Now, we're going to go through the six stages of hiring. Before we get to this, I want to say this is what I've experienced in my career, uh, and that these stages can happen within days, even hours. Some can take weeks or so, but it happens pretty fast. And I did this episode because I wrote about it in a newsletter, which you can find in the show notes. Number one, the first group that head coaches, in my experience, college football head coaches normally hire is their personnel recruiting staff. I saw this in person at two universities when I was at the University of Houston and our head coach, Coach Tom Herman, transitioned to University of Texas. Our uh, director of player personnel, Derek Chang, was out of there. He had his booklet, he was gone. I also saw it at Baylor when our assistant head coach, Joey McGuire got the head job at Texas Tech. Our head personnel guy, James Blanchard, was on the jet with him. Landed with him, got there to Lubbock with him, landed there. Recently, some of you all have seen Coach Kalen DeBoer at Alabama. He got off the jet. Courtney Morgan was off the jet, the GM at Washington, who's a GM at Alabama now. So normally, in those cases, the first person they're hiring is someone to get recruits. And now it's very important that you got to call people and know people because you got transfers, trying to get in, trying to get out, whatever it may be. But normally the first hire, the first hire they're gonna, they're gonna go with once the job is confirmed, they're getting their personnel recruiting staff so that they can get the players they want in the program. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Player Development Pod. My name is Ed Jones. I'm the founder of Beyond the Field and the host of this podcast, The Player Development Pod. At Beyond the Field, we create impactful player development professionals and programs and i appreciate you taking time out of your day to spend it here with me please press like or subscribe if this podcast has helped you out in any way all right let's talk about the second group the second group that coaches normally hire are the strength coaches in my experience the strength coach why because you're going to a team and winter training is coming you want to get that strength coach in there because the head coach and all the coaches he's going to hire they're going to be on the road you need that strength coach in there that knows your culture, who will hold your culture down while the head coach and coaches are on the road. While the coach is on the road, they need somebody to hold that culture down. And it, it's the strength coach because once again, winter training is coming and these guys got to get used to a new program. So they're going to hire most likely their head strength coach and then he's going to have a few people there. But strength coaches are, in my experience, the second group hired. The third group, the third group are your coordinators. You gotta get people on the road. The head coach can't recruit the whole state or whole country or a whole area by himself. He's gotta get coordinators. Sometimes those coordinators come with them from other schools. Sometimes they hire them, hire them from other schools. But you gotta get coordinators because you gotta get recruits to see what the plan's gonna be like. While you're walking to these schools and to these homes, the head coach has to say, this is what we're gonna look like on offense, this is what we're gonna look like on defense, and this is what we'll do on special teams. So you'll start seeing these coordinators get hired and they're gonna start hitting the road as well. You wanna make sure, the coach wants to make sure that his big guns are out. After the coordinators, the fourth group are assistant coaches. Now you're starting to get your coaches. And then once again, you're adding to the people on the road recruiting. The coordinators may bring, bring along coaches that they know. The head coach may bring along some assistant coaches that he has from his previous stop. If, if he's a head coach somewhere else, 
or if he has connections, whatever it may be, but you're going to get to your assistant coaches. They're going to start getting in because now you're, you're wanting to build where you have your entire staff on the road, the logo, the clothing, all that. You got it in the city, in the state, around the country, wherever it may be. So you're going to see those assistant coaches start uh, dwindling in. I've seen it happen. Uh, and they come in waves, come in waves. Some of the crazy stuff about assistant coaches is they may come in and then get hired for a coordinator role. I've heard stories about coaches literally being on the road and getting hired somewhere else and not being able to go to the school and recruit because they're not at the school. Crazy thing, but that's the fourth group that gets hired. And like I said earlier, this can happen within days, sometimes within hours. If a coach knows what they want, they're going to go through this list. They're going to go quickly, but this happens very, very fast. The fifth group, the fifth group that gets hired is the logistical support staff. So the coach has his recruiting. All right, these are the players we're going to get. We're on the road. Well, now I need to know who's going to take care of this stuff here. The logistics, who's going to get connected with the campus, who's going to do all the operational stuff. So now coaches are hiring their chief of staff, their director of football operations. Maybe they came with them from another university, but you're starting to get that logistical support staff, operations, chief of staff. Uh, external affairs, different things like that. People that are wild. The coaches on the road, these people are uh, underneath the car per se, getting everything squared away, making sure things work well when the coaches get back, letting coaches know, hey, this is what we're going to do. They're getting with the personnel staff about junior days, official visits. They're checking out different things around the city. Here are the restaurants we're going to go to. Here's the hotels we're going to use. But that logistical support staff is normally next in my experience. And the last group, the last group, this is a group that I was part of. This is the rest of the support staff. And so by this time, and this is my experience, this always happened right before signing day or right after signing day. But now you're bringing in the rest of the support staff. You've already had coaches on the road. You already got your operations people, chief of staff in there. And sometimes they, they fall into this group as well. So it could be five, six support staff. I had a couple experiences where director ops and the chief of staff were hired. Uh, in the same wave as me, the sixth wave. But you're getting the rest of your staff. Now you're hiring, uh, if you need additional operations people, if you need additional recruiting people, you need additional strength coaches. This kind of gets everybody. And you're getting player development now, okay? Now we got to get somebody in who understands the culture but is building these relationships with these players that we're bringing in. And so those are like the six stages. Those are the six stages that I've seen in my career of the hiring cycle. And so this series is about hiring, pivoted a little bit for the fourth, this is the fourth episode of this series, and I pivoted a little bit. This was supposed to be uh, the eight things I would hire, uh, the eight things I would look for if I hired someone, we're going to do that one next week, but wanted to pivot because I actually wrote about this in the newsletter. And I was like, hey, this would be actually be a really good uh, podcast episode. So in this hiring aspect, if you're looking at it, if you're looking at coaches hiring, if you're in the process of getting interviewed for a player development position or you're looking to get interviewed, just remember these steps. Remember how they hire. This helped me in the role when I wanted to go somewhere or transition or I got a call. I would find out, hey, I'm probably nothing's probably going to happen for the next two weeks because they haven't hired this, that or that. And so uh, just another informational podcast for you there. Two, two things I want to mention to you. Once again, this can happen in days, hours, and my experience has been weeks, but it can happen. Those first four, those first five groups can get hired like that, hired like that. And this does not happen at every program. Every uh, coach is different. I, you know, when I worked with um, Coach Tom Herman, he, a lot of our staff went with him immediately. And so you saw, um, actually our strength coach stayed, Coach McKnight actually stayed for the bowl game and then he went. But you saw recruiting leave, you saw operations operations leave, you saw some other people leave, and then you know coaches, coordinators out of there at the same time. So it, it can be different at different places. Now, we don't have a question of the week, 
So we're going to skip it this week, but I need you. I need you to send in your questions. If you have questions about player development, if you're watching this or you're listening in, shout out to those who listen uh, to the audio podcast. We appreciate you. And shout out to you all who watch as well. Appreciate you taking time out of your day if you use either one of the platforms. But anyway, I need questions from you. I want to answer questions about player development. So I need questions from you. Once I get them, we will add them to this podcast for the question of the week. Now for the tip of the week. Tip of the week, communicate with player families weekly. This is something I really learned under the tutelage of Tori Takel. Shout out Mama T, she's a temple Christian as always. But uh, we communicate with our parents often. So parents will be there. We have practices parents can come to, um, different games you'll see parents. During the off season you'll see them. But you always wanna communicate with them as much as possible. Like maybe it's not a full out communication but something hey this is where we'll park for the game this is where you can meet your player after the game hey this is what we're doing hey here's the schedule for spring here's this but you want to communicate with parents one thing that Tori did really really well is we had a team Facebook or a parent Facebook page and so we we're able to communicate things there uh, other ways you can com communicate with parents is a newsletter an email blast you can create videos you can record stuff like this and send it out hey parents this is so-and-so, wanna thank you so much. This is what's happening this week. Parents wanna be involved. I have three kids of my own and I would love to get communication about my kids and what they're doing uh, as an athlete, as a student athlete uh, at, at, in their time at the university they're at. So you wanna keep that in consideration, reaching out to parents, they could be your biggest supporters as well. But communicate in some type of way with your parents weekly. If they come to practice, go over there and talk to them. Some parents, you know, make it a little tough. Maybe you don't want to talk to them, but go over there, say what's up, see how they're doing. Uh, you'd be shocked with some of the conversations you have. You'd be shocked about a lot of stuff you find out about the athletes that you serve that will help you in the role. All right, looking for some resources for player development? Check out the show notes. I have resources for you. There's courses. My live cohort will start soon here in February. So excited for that cohort. We have a special guest speaker that's going to talk to them. I can't wait. Uh, thank you to that guest speaker. They know who they are. Uh, I have a, a self-paced online course. I have books. Check out the player development newsletter. Please subscribe. But there's a lot of resources for you. Once again, we create impactful player development professionals and programs. So we have resources for you uh, who are looking for them. Make sure that you take advantage of them. When I started in 2016, I did not have anything to turn to, and that will not be the case, and that is not the case for you because the resources are there for you. Well, that was short. Just wanted to get it straight to you, what the hiring cycle could look like or the hiring uh, methodology or timeline, whatever you want to call it, for college football head coaches from my experience during this time. Wanted to get that one to you. It is beneficial and it will benefit you. Thank you so much for tuning in, and you know what I'm about to say. Go out and do what? Go out and create generational impact. Don't wait, create that generational impact today. Hey, and look out, if you create generational impact, let me know in the notes, like in the comments or in a, what if you listen to audio and the preview, whatever it may be, let us know so people can see the generational impact that you are creating. Thank you for tuning in. Have a great day and check out these videos here.